Well, good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is Thursday, August 13th. We are literally five days away from when most of us will begin our travels to the One Association Conference. Now, with that in mind, the title of tonight's message is Expect the Unexpected. We know that most of you are already planning and packing for the trip. You're, you are already planning for what you will need, where you're going to stop, where you're going to stay, all of those things, where you're going to eat. Some of you are buying tools for your vehicles to ensure that you make the long journey. There's a lot of planning that goes into these things. We all want to make it there, right? Amen. We want to tell you tonight that there is something beautiful in trusting the Lord. There's something beautiful about letting go of the planning mentality and trusting exactly what he has in every single moment. Tonight's message is going to illuminate this fact. Are you guys ready to get into the word? All right, so go with us, uh, church, to Genesis chapter 42 and verse 6. And as you go there, say, expect the unexpected. It says this, now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? He asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his, bro his brothers, they did not recognize him. All right, saints. So Joseph's brothers knew him well. Wouldn't you agree? So when they were younger, they knew him very well. But, but time passed. Situations of their own doing occurred, right? And circumstances orchestrated by the Lord, orchestrated, say right, by the Lord had taken place. And now... They don't recognize their own brother standing right in front of them. So they can't see God's hand at work in their lives. Their vision is clouded by their present lack and need. Can anyone relate to Joseph's brothers in this moment right now? I know I can. Amen. One of the things to realize is when we start out in this story, they completely did not have any idea what was going on. They didn't recognize Joseph at all. They were completely clueless to this entire plan that is about to unfold in front of them. Kind of reminds us of Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9, where the Lord says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than than your thoughts. You see, we have to admit that most of the time we are just like Joseph's brothers in this situation. We have no idea what the Lord is doing most of the time. Most of the time we can say that we are looking at the future, looking at the Lord, looking at our lives as if looking through a dimly lit glass. Most of the time we have no idea what the Lord is doing and we can't recognize God in our own situations. I want you to wrestle with that a little bit. 
Most of the time, you don't, I don't, we don't recognize God's hand in our current present situations, our future situations, all of it and above. We are all on a journey together like Joseph's brothers. And the Lord is revealing himself to us more and more at the times and places of his choosing, yeah. not our choosing. Yeah. We could say that most of us are pretty clueless. We always find out hindsight or when a pastor or a brother confirms something. But when we really be honest with ourselves, we have no idea what the Lord is doing. Let's move down to verse 25 in Genesis 42. It says this, Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, to put each man's silver back in his sack, and to give them provisions for their journey. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and left. So Joseph's brothers didn't know their silver was back in their sacks, but they knew they had the food they traveled from Canaan to Egypt to obtain. So from Sunday's message, we learn the food in their sacks represents the fellowship with the Father and his provision. Yeah. And do you remember how you felt when you first encountered the Lord or when you first walked the doors of his church saints? Yeah. The feeling there, the fellowship with the Lord and with his body took a hold of you, grabbed you, and the revelation of God's word was being provided to you in abundance, and it still is today. Yeah. So this is usually the first sack check for the believer. You first begin to encounter the Father, his fellowship, and his provision in your life. But that wasn't the end. Amen? Amen. That's not the destination either. It's just the beginning saints. They are planning to go home, and then there's an unexpected thing that happens in verse 27. So understand before we go to verse 27, this whole thing is an unexpected event. They did not expect to have to go to Egypt to get food. But here they are in Egypt with food. And it's the same thing with you. You never expected to have a collision with the Father in your life. You never expected to receive from the Father his provision, his food. Let's look at Genesis 42, 27, and we're going to see another unexpected event in the brothers' lives. At the place where they stopped for the night. Some other translations say at the lodging place, at the place that they stopped, at the place where they stayed. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey. You realize how they, they knew that they had provision already? And he saw his silver in the mouth of his sack. My silver has been returned. He said to his brothers, here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank and they turned to each other trembling and said, what is this God has done to us? So here we are again at another unexpected event, another unexpected stopping place where they already knew they had food. And now at this unexpected point in the journey, they are now realizing that they have more. They have silver. They have found in their sacks redemption and fixed value. Amen. One of my favorite parts of Sunday's message is that they always had the redemption and fixed value in their sack, but at this unexpected place, they are now starting to realize that. See, it wasn't just the food they had. 
they did a sack check at this unexpected place. And they realized that their silver had been returned to them. Do you see that there is a progression taking place here? They knew they had food. Now they're realizing they have silver. Sunday, we learned that the silver in their sacks represents redemption, the fixed value that God has given to us. And at this point, Joseph's brothers had no idea what was going on. They didn't know the plan that Joseph had for them. They were only obeying their father by traveling to Egypt to buy food during a famine. And along the way, something unexpected happened. We have more in our sacks. And it frightened them, honestly. It, it frightened them to discover this. Tell me this isn't how God operates in our lives. We are walking on the highway of holiness, all of us. And God reveals more of himself to us, and we realize that on the way, we still need redemption. Man, that's sometimes a frightening thing to discover. See, he requires more from us, more death to ourselves, for, for others around us. And that initial realization and that weight of responsibility that, hey, you've been given a fixed value, you've been given redemption... Well, that can be terrifying. But let's continue on in the story to Genesis 44, verse 3, and we're going to see our next unexpected event. Amen. So as you turn, some context here is that the 11 brothers, this is their second journey back to Egypt. They met with Joseph and tried to give back their silver, back their fixed value. And Joseph is sending his brothers away a second time back to Canaan. So you guys there? Yeah. All right, Genesis 44, 3 says this. As morning dawned, the men were sent on their way with their donkeys. They had not gone far from the city when Joseph saw, said to his steward, go after those men at once. And when you catch up with them, say to them, why have you repaid good with evil? Each of them quickly lowered his sack to the ground and opened it. When Then the steward proceeded to, to search beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found to be in Benjamin's sack. So uh, here again, another unexpected stop on the journey. And this stop was not far from the city at, city at all. Usually we, are, are, we would like to get much further along the way in the road. You know, I want to get to the destination. want to get to Gatlinburg, right? What if, you go, what if you're going and you break down in Katy, Texas? I mean, that's kind of how this was. So Joseph still had a plan. At this unexpected, unexpected stop, this unplanned event, Joseph's plan was working itself into them. This led them to, leaving, to, to realizing they had the cup. They had the character of the king in their sack. So at some point in our journey, we realized that he has given us provision. We need this redemption activity working in us, saints. And on top of that, we need to be empowered with this Holy Spirit with his character and share in that. We grow in his character as we share in the cup with our king. So all of these things happen in unexpected places at unexpected times. Yeah. They, were just, they were just planning on going to Egypt and getting some grain, some food for the famine. So they didn't recognize the importance of what was given to them, but it was increasing with each unexpected step. Can you guys relate to that? Yeah. Each step getting more and more provision, more and more important, more and more revelation. This reminds us of Proverbs 16, 19. Proverbs 16, 9. Are you guys with us? Yeah. Sorry. 
It says in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. What we see in Genesis is that these 11 brothers had their own plans. They just wanted to get back home with what they thought they needed. They just wanted to get back to their father with what they thought they needed. But you know what? Joseph knew that they needed a little bit more. You know who didn't know that? They did not know that. You see, each moment that they stopped at an unexpected place, the unexpected occurred. Now, in hindsight, they could realize that this was all the Lord's plan. When they're talking to Joseph in Genesis 45, they're like, oh, yeah, this was all God's hand. But at the moment, they did not realize that this was the Lord's plan. We all have the same issue. We like to plan what will happen in our lives. We like to plan every detail, every step. Hey, our father sent us to go get food, and so that's all that's going to happen. But the Savior of the world is working in the background in this passage. Realize that the journey that they are on is just like our journey. You did not expect to arrive at LCM, I'm sure, but you're here. You did not expect to have an encounter with the, with the provision of God in your life, and yet you're here. You did not expect to need his redemption, but at an unexpected place in your life, God made it very clear that you need his redemption. You did not expect that there was an empowering of the Holy Spirit, but at that unexpected place, God revealed to you that you need to be empowered with his Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at Matthew 6, 34. As you guys go there, say, expect the unexpected. It says this, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen to that. So we are commanded not to worry about what will happen. How many of us fulfill that commandment every day? My God. This is basically a command to not set expectations at all. The Savior of the world is in control, and he's planning our unexpected moments, and they're beautiful. We must focus on today and be confident in the Lord's ability to reveal to us what he's given to us in each and every moment. He has it all planned out, saints. Man, that's comforting. James 4, 13 through 16 says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? <laughs> Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Wow. I first off just want to comment on the fact that our lives are just a mist. It appears a little while and then vanishes. In the whole grand scheme of eternity, not one of us in here is truly special. All of us have the same lives that will vanish into eternity. Planning, setting expectations, and pondering predeterminations without hearing from God is, in fact, boasting, according to verse 16. It is you boasting in what you expect 
to accomplish. Predetermining what, what you believe is going to happen in the next journey, the next waypoint, cancels out all the beautiful, unexpected moments that God gives you, and it is you bragging that you know and you will only accept what you believe will happen. That's a good word. You see, our lives are too short to set up these false expectations. Yeah. Our lives are too short. What, what good is it if we miss what God has in store for us by setting up for ourselves false expectations? When we free ourselves from this kind of idolatry, we are actually free to focus on the Lord's desires and what he wants to reveal to us. Man, when we rid ourselves of any false expectations, that is such a freeing thing, church. To actually be able to just focus on God's will, be comfortable in the journey of walking in God's will, and then be able to hear what he has for us. I I can go on all day, but... This happened to me today. This happened to me today. I I walked into a customer's house expecting to pick up a check to close out the job. Like I'm driving, woohoo! I am going to get a check that we need. When I get there, that's not what happened. I was met with like a punch list with 13 items that has nothing to do with what we were actually contracted to do for the customer. Uh, He called me a Jewish extremist, and I don't know why he did that. (laughs) But you see, what was happening in that moment is I had set up my own expectation of what would happen. I had already determined what was going to happen when I got there. And when I was met with something different, anger began to rise in me. Disappointment began to rise in me. Like, Lord, what's going on? Thought you wanted me to get a check. But you know what else happened in that unexpected moment? As I felt that anger and disappointment rising up, it actually turned into a revelation about what's in my sack. I was actually able at that unexpected moment to realize I have food in my sack. I've got the provision of the Father. It allowed me to realize that I have silver in my sack. I have redemption. It allowed me to realize that I share the cup with the king. And instead of anger and disappointment coming out, I was able to speak to him like uh, in a manner that Judah would be proud of. He did great. Amen. Well, that happened to my brother Justin Treaser uh, today. So last night, something happened to me. So we're, we're at Justin Treaser's house, you know, studying for this message, putting it together. And uh, I realized, you know, earlier in that day that I had not spoken to my wife in, in a while. Like, you know, I've been pretty busy. And I've been tired, I mean, just, just tired, more than, more than normal, and uh, sleep-deprived. So I, I scheduled a meeting with my wife from 11 to 12 last night to talk to her. And uh, <laughs> nerdy as I'll get out. And, and as, as we're studying, I see the, 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 the reminder pop up on my, my screen on my computer, you know, meeting with Kayla. I said, okay, <laughs> that's not happening. And so I'm driving home. You know, she's still awake, thank God. We're talking about, you know, things conference and what needs to happen, things of that nature. And I get home and I think my son Judah will be asleep. He's been throwing, throwing up the past couple of days. He's been sick, stomach bug or something happened. I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, we're praising God anyhow. And I get home and he's wide awake and he's on the bed and there's vomit on the bed. And I'm just thinking, my God, this is not what I expected at all. I just want to talk to my wife <laughs> and go to sleep. And that didn't happen at all. And so in that moment, there was, there was, it's funny, but there was despair. It's like, come on, God, I just want to speak to her. Is that too hard? 
there's despair creeping in. There's anxiety creeping in. And I know if I show her that, that she will reflect that. And so what I endeavor to do based on our studies in this message is put a smile on my face and say, God, you have given me good things. You've given me the food. I need the provision. My son's going to be just fine. He's going to be a great young man of God. He's given me his presence. He's given me provision, his silver, his redemptive power and salvation. He's given me his cup and his character. And I begin to just praise God. And I smiled and I rocked him to sleep. And we, I actually got some sleep last night, y'all. And so it was, it was a beautiful turn of events. <laughs> so do you see how when you set up those expectations, when unexpected moments come, well, they cause all kinds of idolatrous things that you've been storing up in your heart to come out. But when you set your heart to trust God in the unexpected moments in your journey, like these brothers did in Genesis, you can see that the unexpected moments can actually serve you. Come on. They can become moments where a, a, a sack check allows yourself to find that God has already given you provision, redemption, fixed value, character of the king, fellowship with the cup of the king. See, these unexpected moments are beautiful, church, and that's what we want to be aiming at tonight. Amen. See, just like Joseph, Joseph's brothers in Genesis, we must expect the unexpected because it is in those moments that God chooses to reveal to us what is in our sack. So go with us to John chapter 14 and verse 9. And as you go there, say, expect the unexpected. So we're going to have a look at, the, at this process, this expecting the unexpected in the life of the disciples. Verse 9 says this, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So at this point, the disciples have been with Jesus for three years, and this unexpected event and moment is happening on the journey. They didn't recognize what was going on, but now in this moment, they are realizing that they had been with the Father and that Jesus had been revealing the Father to them the entire time. They are recognizing that they had more in their sacks than they realized, amen? Yeah. This revelation doesn't stop there, though. It's progressive. It continues through more unexpected events. Oh, it doesn't stop there. In Genesis 20... I'm sorry, John 20, verse 29. Then Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, at the end of the gospel story, the 11 are together after Jesus is resurrected, and they have a revelation. Yeah. The whole time that they are with him, all of them have trouble recognizing fully who he is. I know Peter had the revelation, but if you look at the gospels, all of the disciples together have some trouble in really, really understanding this. But Jesus is going to, they have a, a hard time seeing who he is, what he is going to do, and what he is capable of. Slowly, though, through many unexpected moments, they have a revelation that more was added to their sack. 
at the end of the gospel story, they have the full revelation that not only had they seen the Father, you got that? They realized by, by being with Jesus they had seen the Father. But they also realized that they had been with the Son of God. And they wrote this letter for you so that you can believe and have life in the name of the Son of God. Amen. The Savior of the world had a plan the whole time. And that plan was always in effect whether the 11 could recognize it, whether they could perceive it, whether they could understand it. That plan was in effect the entire time. But while they began to check their sacks, they had a sack check and realized they had been with the Father. I had another sack check and realized they had been with the Son of God. While they began to check their sacks in these unexpected moments, they found more. Go with us to Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And as you go there, say, expect the unexpected. Verse 4. On occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which, he, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So on another unexpected stop in the journey, they had another sack check. It keeps on happening. And they realized there was more. Yeah. They had seen the father, understood that Jesus is the son of God. And now they are realizing that there is empowerment to become just like him. Amen. You have to ask yourself, what would you be doing in this situation? Okay, Lord, I understand that you are the father. You and the father are one, rather. Now, I want to be sent out now. <laughs> or, okay, Lord, I know that you are the son of God. I know this. Now, I want to be a leader. Instantly. Instant gratification. But no, there, there, there were many, many unexpected moments, guys, that brought more sack checks and more revelation of what God was giving them. Perhaps when you hear this, this scripture may become precious to you. This is Habakkuk 2.3. Say sack check when you get there. Say expect the unexpected when you get there. Sack check. Expect the unexpected. You're going to want to read this because this came alive during our study time together. Habakkuk 2, 3. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come. And will not delay. You see, church, our lives are a journey that definitely will result in the will of God being accomplished in our lives. Don't you worry as you sit here in these seats. Our lives will result in accomplishing the will of God for our lives. But along the way, there are many unexpected moments of revelation that must be had. Say must. These unexpected moments of revelation must be be had. These are usually the moments that you thought something was going to happen and then it didn't. And then God reveals an area of your heart that needs to change while he reveals to you something in your sack 
that you have always had access to. We must be patient for these moments while working hard to implement the last revelation that God has given us. Look, I could go on and on about my life, how I have set up for myself expectations of what I believe that God would do. And in those moments when those expectations are not met, I have found myself to be tempted to respond in an ungodly way. That unexpected moment, though, became for me a sack check. And instead of all of the things, the shame and the guilt of being wrong again and again like I typically am, the Lord reveals to me that my expectation wasn't right, but I had always had in my sack what he has been giving me. Amen. I have always had it there. I have always had the answer to accomplish the will of God in my life. Those unexpected moments become sweet moments of revelation for you, church. We must be patient for these moments, these unexpected moments, while we work hard to implement the last revelation that God has given us. We'd be better off not setting expectations, but waiting for those unexpected moments where, whoa, there's more in my sack that I realized. You see, the prophet's words should reign in our hearts tonight. Though it linger, wait for it. It is worth the wait. You see, the chances are the revelation will come in an unexpected moment anyway. You can't plan for it. You can't decide when it's going to happen. So don't fret over it. Wait for it. This process is a cycle that happens over and over in our lives. And it produces what we are about to see in Matthew 28. Remember that the disciples had sack check, unexpected moment after unexpected moment. And in those moments, the Father was revealed to them. And in those moments, then the Son of God was revealed. Then the Holy Spirit was revealed. And it all culminates into one proclamation that we are about to see in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Do you want to see it? Yeah. So as you go there, say, expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. It says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the, the disciples were told to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you see like the 11 brothers who were sent out by the Savior of the world in Genesis these 11 disciples are being sent out by the Savior of the world in three, with three things in their sack. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, that, now that you may just, no, I'm sorry, now that may just seem like a coincidence, uh, a happenstance, right? But we want to look deeper and see if these three things are related to the three things in the sacks that Joseph's brothers had. So let's talk about food first. How can food be related to the Father? Well, let's turn to Deuteronomy 8, verse 2 through 3. Amen. <laughs> Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna whether neither you nor your fathers had known, 
to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You see, the food that was in the sacks in Genesis was the provision, say provision, provision. and the proximity, say proximity, proximity, of the Father. God caused the brothers in Genesis to hunger, and then he gave them food. God caused the Israelites to hunger, then he gave them food. God caused his disciples to hunger, then he gave them food. When the brothers received food in their sacks, they learned that they didn't just rely on food alone, though. They were happy for the grain, but they were realizing that they couldn't just rely on the grain, but that they must rely on every word, every direction, every gleaning that their father had given them in the process. You see, the food is not just about the food. The food is teaching them something because food disappears. You eat food and then you get hungry again. The food is teaching them that you must rely on the Father just like you rely on the substance that you need. This is good. See, when we check our sacks and see that we have provision, when we have those unexpected moments where we're crying out, I don't have what I need, Lord. I can't do it. I don't have the skills of Pastor Wade. I don't have the wisdom of Elder Baj or the discernment of Elder Charlie. And then all of a sudden when you're complaining and crying, then a uh, a sack check happens in that unexpected moment and God reveals you do have it because the same God, the same Father that is in you is in Elder Charlie or Elder Bosch. You see, when we check our sacks and see that we have provision, this teaches us to depend on the Father for everything. So saints, go with us to John 4 and 34. And as you go there, say, expect the unexpected. It says this, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So the food in our sacks is the provision of our father, and it's the, the driving desire to be close to our father and to do his will. We discover in our lives that doing the will of the father is actually what feeds us. What causes us to continue in this continual drive to accomplish what the Father has given us to do so that he can, we can enjoy fellowship with him and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So church, realize that like the brothers in Genesis or the disciples in the Gospels, we have moments that occur in our lives where we are not planning for, that, that are not expected, and we, we don't realize it. They cause us to get deeper and deeper revelation of who the Father is and deeper and deeper dependence on him. So many times in our journeys, we find ourselves in an unexpected place, and that leads us to greater revelation of how God is giving, is providing for us and what his will is for us so that we can actually accomplish it. He's actually, he's actually trying to help us. He's not putting stumbling blocks and, and things in our way. He wants us to accomplish his will, saints. It's just going to be in his time and his manner, not ours. We must expect the unexpected. This is how we find more of the Father in our sacks. So we see that the Father and the food are synonymous. I wonder if the same thing could be said about the silver. Well, we learned Sunday that the silver represented redemption and fixed value. That's funny because Ephesians 1.7 says, In him... We have redemption through his blood. 
the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Church, who do we have redemption in? Jesus. Come on, say his name. Who do we have redemption in? Jesus. We have redemption in the blood of the Son. You see, it was revealed to the disciples that redemption came in the blood of the Son of God. This process of discovery was no different for the 11 disciples than it was for the 11 brothers of Joseph. After knowing that they had provision and proximity to the Father. You guys, you guys paying attention? Yeah. After knowing they knew that they had food, after knowing that they had provision and proximity to the Father, it was unexpectedly revealed to them that they had redemption in the Son. You see, it is no different for us. There are many unexpected moments in our lives that reveal to us our need for redemption. What I mean? There are many moments that reveal to us our need for redemption. You remember, as a brand new Christian, you, you're so excited that the Father had been revealed to you. Come on, Carlos, where you at? He's teaching the children. Father of glory. I know he's not the only one who's excited about the Father, though. You see, there's a point in your life where you're so excited about the Father and what he's providing for you. And then you continue on in this journey as a Christian, and then an unexpected thing happens. Man, I still suck. I still fail and fall, and I still need redemption. I thought that was all taken care of, though. I'm a brand new creature. No. You see, and there are unexpected moments that come up. And how many have you had since you started the race? <laughs> see, these are unexpected moments. There are many unexpected moments in our lives that reveal to us our need for redemption. But it is also in those moments that, is, that it is revealed to us that redemption is already present. Amen. The silver is already in your sack. We're talking about those moments that you're on your journey and all you can think of is arriving. All you can think of is the end goal. But suddenly you are surprised to find that you are carrying something that doesn't belong while you're on your journey. It is then and there that the overwhelming need for redemption comes. And the overwhelming revelation that the redemption the Son of God has already provided is still enough today as it was when you started the race. It is still precious when you find it in your sack as it was precious before you even knew it got in your sack. You already have it in your sack. You're realizing that along the way you have gained the Father and you now have the Son. Amen. So that leaves one item out, the cup. So we learned Sunday that the cup was shared with the king and it was shared, I'm sorry, as it was shared, the king's character was being formed in them, saints. Yeah. So go with us to Luke 22, 20. And as you go there, say, expect the unexpected. Expect. It says this. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which was poured out for you. So Jesus is sharing the cup with the 11, just like Joseph shared the cup with his 11. Yeah. This cup represents the new covenant that is being made with the two parties that share in it. We saw that with some proposals recently, didn't we? Yeah. 
So this new covenant did not replace the former covenant, but was adding to it. It's progressive. This covenant was a promise that those who shared in it would be like the one who shared it. So let's dig into 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, 6, and see what this covenant was based on. 2 Corinthians 3, 6. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the... Spirit. Not of the letter, but of the... Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. You see, you're starting to get it. The cup represents the character of the king being formed in you through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Like the 11 brothers and the 11 disciples, there comes unexpected moments in our lives that we realize that we found the food. We found the provision of the Father, the wealth of the presence of the Father, and we have found proximity to the Father. We have the ongoing need for redemption to work in us, but there is still something more that we need. We need the ongoing empowerment of the Holy Spirit to work in us, to help us walk in the character of the King. You see, these are unexpected moments that are times when you thought that you had it all together. You were confident on your journey. And then you realize that you are not operating in all the strength that you need. You're enjoying fellowship with the Father. You're enjoying the provision of the Father. You're enjoying the redemption of the Son, but there's something that keeps happening. And you realize, I need to be empowered so I can have the character of the King, so that I can share the cup of the King. That is the new covenant of the Spirit. This is the unexpected moment that you realize what is in your sack. The power of the Holy Spirit has always been available to you, church. It has always been available when you're driving to work, when you're laying your head down at night, whenever you're at work, whenever you're, you're here in this body. That power has always been available, but those are the moments where you go, hey, I need something. Let me check my sack. Oh, yeah, I can pray for another infilling of the Holy Spirit to come and empower me so I can have the character and share the cup. The cup has always been in your sack, church. Now you can drink of it, and you can dine with the king. You can take on his nature that he wants to give you. That is so good. <laughs> we can take on his nature, his character. We have something in our sacks, y'all. So now that we've given you unexpected revelation as it was given to us, we want to put all of this together for you. You guys listening? Yeah. So let's read Matthew 28 again. Matthew 28, 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of, in the, name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Joseph sent the 11, who would later become 12, out with three things in their sacks. Food, which is provision and proximity to the Father. Silver, which is redemption. And the cup, which is God's character. So Jesus sent the 11, who would later become 12, out with three things in their sacks as well. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In both stories, these things were being carried even though they didn't realize it fully. In both stories, 
these things were recognized in unexpected places. In both stories, these things grew and multiplied as they were carried, which reminds us of our next passage. Turn with us to Ephesians 1.17. Hear what, hear what Assad just said. In both stories, in Genesis and in Matthew, these things were being carried even though they didn't realize it fully. In both stories, these things were recognized in unexpected places. In both stories, these things grew and multiplied as they were carried. So if that means that that happened for Joseph's brothers in Genesis, and that also happened with the disciples in the Gospels, who else might that be happening to? Woo. Could there be things that you're carrying that you don't even realize? Could there be things that you need to recognize in unexpected places? Could there be things that need to grow and multiply as they're being carried by you? Listen to how Paul writes this in Ephesians 1, 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, there's the Son, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to the saint, in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. You see, our prayer must be that the revelation grows in the unexpected places. That we, like the disciples, we, like the 11 brothers, recognize those unexpected places and go, oh, I need to do a sack check right now, and I need to see what's in my sack. We hope that you come to realize the ongoing nature of these revelations, and that you grow increasingly comfortable toward the unexpected places that these revelations come in. Amen. You see, having the Father, having the Spirit, ha having the Son... Those things do not happen one time in your life. This is an ongoing process, a cycle where you're in unexpected places. And man, I don't know. What do I need? What do I need to be having right now? Oh, the Father is with me. Man, the Son has given me redemption. Man, I can share in the cup with the King with the Holy Spirit in me. This is ongoing. And that we grow increasingly comfortable in expecting the unexpected. You see, it is always at the time that we are running with everything that we have to get to the finish line, that we have an unexpected moment and our eyes are opened. It is always in what appears to be, I want you to hear this, it is always in what appears to be a hopeless time in your life that we come to know the hope that he has called us to. See, none of us expect to have hopeless times, do we? No. Well, we should, but none of us really go, man, I... <laughs> I know I'm going to have some hopeless times coming up. I'm preparing myself for it. We need to grow in the awareness that what's coming for us is not just roses and daisies. These are unexpected things that are going to happen, but they cause revelation Amen. to flow into your heart. That is so good. It all, it's always in the times that we are struggling from lack of provision, right? That we feel distant from the Father, that our sacks of revelation are open, and we see the Father better. He, he writes our reticle, saints. It's always in the moments that we are the most pitiful states 
that the precious revelation of the sons, the Son of God's silvery redemption is found to have been with us the entire time. It's always in the place of severe lack and weakness that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit calls to us and beckons us to open up to it. It's high time, church, that we turn these unexpected moments into expected moments. Amen? It's time we run into the fray with the sacks of revelation that we've been get, that's been given to us with continual commitment to reopen it and the waypoints on the journey and revitalize what has been given to us. We need to expect these moments. So now that you've seen the connections between Joseph and Jesus, we want to progress a little more in the story found in Genesis 45, 16. You guys ready for a little progression? Yeah. Genesis 45, 16. Then the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come. Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan. And bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. And you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also directed to tell them, do this. Take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives. And get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings. Because the best of all Egypt will be yours. Amen. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts, as Pharaoh had commanded. And he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave new clothing. But to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothing. And this is what he sent to his father. Ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt. And ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for the journey. Yeah. You see, what began with the long journey of unexpected moments resulted in another unexpected moment. This is the moment that Joseph has already revealed himself to his brothers. Previously, it had been revealed to the brothers that they were carrying food, silver, and a cup. But now, we see after the revelation of who Joseph is, more is being added to their possessions. These brothers had responded to each unexpected moment, and they were faithful to what they found in their sacks. They even tried to give back the silver, but they didn't waste it. But now we see that revelation is growing. More is being added to them. So it might help you to think of it like this. You have an ongoing revelation of the Father. And along the way, you have an increasing revelation of the Son of God in your life. And then further ahead on, on your journey, you grow in the need and revelation of the Holy Spirit. Now as you're continuing your journey, you realize that there are gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed to each man according to the grace given to you. More is being added. And as we continue on in our journey, has more been added to you? Have you realized that there are unexpected gifts that you have found in your sack, gifts of the Holy Spirit that God has given to you, and you never fathom that God would give it to you? These brothers are receiving more than they had at first. This is the nature of the unexpected. Has anyone in this room been surprised to find that you have been loaded with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you didn't know it? Until a brother says, hey, I see that gift in you, man. You need to start walking in it. 
Amen. So if that's us and God's showing us individually unexpected gifts, he's revealing more and more to us as a body, that's exponential. Because we as a family, our brothers are gifts. And so there's no, there's no limit or bound to the giftings in this body. Amen? Amen? So Joseph sent them out with ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt. He sent them out with ten camels with other provisions. He sent them out with silver. He sent them out with changes of clothes. Come on, changes of clothes, church? Fine linen prepared for the saints to wear? About 10 donkeys. What about the commands of God that we walk in? He sent them out. Sorry. And what is even better, Joseph sent them out to proclaim the message that is amplified in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. The son that you thought was dead is alive. Yeah. Our friend, old friends and family, you are, you are just like those 11 brothers. You're just like the 11 disciples. You've been given the father in the most unexpected moments. You found the redemption of the son in the most unexpected moments. You've received the power of the Holy Spirit in the most unexpected times. You found that you have gifts of the Spirit that you definitely did not expect in the most unexpected ways. And now, in the most unexpected turn of events, you are being sent to proclaim that the Son that is considered dead is actually alive. Come on, church! Oh, church, the world is waiting to hear about the life of the Son. And you are being sent to proclaim, the Son that was thought to be dead is now alive. You see, to the wicked world, he was just a man who was crucified. But we are being sent to them to proclaim that he is indeed alive now. And even more, you are being sent to proclaim that he is the Savior of the world. More than that, you are being sent to them that he is ruling and reigning on a throne over the entire land. Did you guys hear the prophetic word tonight? There is light in Goshen. There is food in Egypt. Come, come. You are being sent to them to say, come and leave your land and dwell with the son who lives. Come close to him. Dwell near him. Bring your family and settle in his land. Come on, give a hallelujah for the unexpected. These disciples, these brothers, never expected to be able to have this proclamation. And now they were going back to proclaim it to their family. He has bestowed on us amazing things, church, while we never foresaw them. Let's get that straight. We never foresaw the amazing things that God has given us now. Nor did we perceive the possibility. So as we move towards a close, we want to, to, to visit the last stage of Joseph's journey with his 11 brothers back to their father. Keep in mind that in this moment when they arrive from being sent to proclaim Joseph's words, Genesis 45, 25 to 28 is where we're at. It says, so they went up to Egypt and came to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. Wait, what? Didn't believe him. 
They spoke the words, but he didn't believe them. Verse 27 says, but when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I'm convinced my son Joseph is still alive. I will go see him before I die. Did you catch that Jacob didn't believe his son Joseph was alive at first? It wasn't until he told him everything the son said, and when he saw the overabundance of provision that his son Joseph had sent back to him, that Jacob was convinced that his son Joseph was still alive. So Jacob did not believe until he saw the food, until he saw the silver, until he saw the cup, until he saw the abundance of provisions. What was Jacob's response? I will go and see him before I die. Church, the world will never believe our words alone. They must see the fellowship between us and our God. They must see the supernatural provision of God in operation in our lives. They must see his redemptive power at work in us in a daily, perpetual fashion. They must see the empowerment of the Holy Spirit at work and his character overflowing in us. Amen? Amen. Which leads us to our last passage. It's 1 John 4, 13 through 14. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. You see, just like the apostle John, our testifying about the father, son, and the Holy Spirit it will never be enough to convince Jacob without actually seeing these things at work in our lives. He said we have seen and testified. Yeah. We must continually open our sacks and see the Father and see the Son and see the Holy Spirit at work in us. We must constantly, in a cyclical fashion, along the journey in the unexpected moments, we must see the Father working. We must have the Son's redemption. We must have the Holy Spirit empowering us. We must see that, and they must see it too. We can't just go and testify. Those around you must see those things at work in your life. That means we must commit ourselves to the beautiful, unexpected moments that these things are revealed to us. We must commit ourselves to the unknown tonight. Those moments where we don't know exactly what is going to happen, but we allow ourselves to go into the unknown, knowing that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will be in our sacks. Tonight, crush the fear of the unknown. God works in the unknown to make himself known. Get rid of your planning. God is planning to increase your revelation of what you need when you need it. Throw away expectations. The only expectation we should have is the expectation that the Lord will increase our revelation as we are journeying toward his goal. Amen. 
Don't leave here thinking that you can outplan God or plan what God will do in your future. Be ready to see the Father working in your life. Be ready to see the Son's redemption when you need it the most. Be ready to see the Holy Spirit empowering you to his character. So saints, stand your feet with us. So we learned on Sunday that there's something in our sacks. We have three things. We have food, silver, we have his cup. And tonight we're learning that there are unexpected moments that we must embrace and expect. Perpetual revelation, right? So tonight we want to do like Joseph's father did. Answer the call to live near our Savior. Not just visit, live near him, saints, in, a, in sacrificial obedience. And if we're doing this, then the gospel we proclaim, the goodness of the gospel will be proclaimed to the nations. That is our goal, that map right there. There are people in those nations of a swan who are waiting for us to get this revelation deep down in us, that we have something in our sacks. And that God wants to continuously reveal more and more to us. And as we do this, it will be revealed to them. So tonight, we don't want you to be heavy of heart. We want you to draw near to the Father. If you come to this altar, come with the expectation of our Father drawing you near to him. If you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. He wants to reveal more and more of his character to you. He's not pushing you away. He's drawing you in. Not for you alone, for everyone in this body and for those in that map. Amen? Raise your hands with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this revelation, Lord, that you are drawing us near to you. Father, you've given us good things, Lord God. You've given us your name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You've blessed us with things in our sack, Father God. And we thank you that you are opening our eyes. You are increasing our revelation to what you are doing inside us and in this body, Lord God. That the nations may be impacted, Lord Jesus, by what you are doing in the small town of Sugarland, Texas. Lord, we love you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray.